Hi, and welcome to the Tomato Timer, a podcast about learning to learn. I'm Zubair from Xenos, and I'm tuning in live with experts from around the world, asking your questions and hearing their stories, all before the timer goes off. 24 minutes and 39 seconds to go. Welcome to episode 36 of the Tomato Timer, and this is another episode in the Young Chainmaker series, and we have an awesome young chainmaker. Spandana is the founder of Zoeasy, a platform to educate and match migrant workers with the right opportunities. And um, as one of our community members says, is there anything this power lady has not done? And it's it's incredible. When you start reading her bio, I can I can go through it, but like reading out the main, main points, you know, she is a, you know, she's been featured on the World Economic Forum, the Financial Times. She recently won Forbes 30 Under 30 Award. She is, um, she was part of the World Dubai World Expo. She is the winner of the Lead 2030 Award. She has huge amounts of awards, um, recognitions across the world, and she's a business graduate. Um, so without asking, without t- talking too much about just your bio, tell us a little bit about yourself, Pandana. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you doing? Thank you for having me on the show today. Um, thank you. Uh, me as a person, honestly, just like just a regular regular 25 year old, I guess. <laughs> um, so I was born in India, brought up in the UAE, uh, mm-hmm. moved to the UK to study business for three years and then moved back to um, not immediately start so easy, but then, you know, kind of got on that path and, you know, five years later, still still continuing going ahead with Zoezy yeah. strong as ever. Um, so I don't know where to begin. Zoezy was an interesting, it was an interesting story. Do you want to hear about that? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get started. Cause it's, it's a difficult one. Um, it's, it's not a, a problem or, or some or concern that many of us think about. So how did that idea even come to you? So I've, like I said, I've grown up in the UAE most of, most of my life. So I moved here when I was around seven, eight years old. Um, and as a child, I've always kind of had this fascination of interacting with people from different backgrounds, different walks of life, just talking to people, getting to know what their stories are. Um, yeah. And it's been a habit of mine since I was a kid. So, um, you know, I'm in a bathroom or I'm at a restaurant. Yeah, I just talk to the waiter. I'm like, hi, how are you? How's your day going? How did you come here? Tell me your story. So it's, that's how mm-hmm. it kind of started. And yeah. every time I would, uh, I would get to know them, you know, many people actually are either software engineers or they're teachers in their previous countries, or they have a certain skill set, but it's not in line with um, the kind of job that they're doing abroad. So that kind of piqued my interest a little. It was a bit of a question mark. Like, why are you doing this when you actually have a degree or you're skilled in another area? And so what I came to realize is that many people share a similar story uh, where they rely on middlemen back home or brokers back home to be able to find employment abroad, to be able to, you know, provide better for their families. But unfortunately, what happens is, you know, they go through about four to six layers of middlemen. So it's not just mm-hmm. one middleman you're talking to. The employer and job seeker end up going through about six layers of middlemen. And in the process, by the time the message reaches the job seeker, it's not the same anymore. So, you know, they're sold a dream, which is very, very different to reality. And so that's why, because of a lack of guidance and information, and because they're usually in a situation of financial desperation, sometimes they become exposed to fraud and exploitation by said middlemen. 
Um, and so in the process, some people have even paid up to $3,000 in advance for a job they're not really aware of or really prepared for. And so that was kind of where the problem stems from. I realized it was quite a repetitive uh, thing I kept hearing. And so that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to start so easy. But I'll be honest, like Zoezy wasn't actually the main career path I had considered first. Really? Like, yeah, so it was it was a bit of a crossroads. Take, Take us back to school. And, and was it even business you were planning to study at uni? So actually, my passion since I was a child laid in three main areas. So I was very passionate about education, very passionate about employment and very passionate about healthcare. So these were actually the three areas that I that I looked at. And um, actually, my original thought process was to become a neurologist. I, I it, it fascinated me as a subject. And uh, so med I thought of medicine as a as a career option for a long time. But as we got closer to so IB1, IB2 times, yeah. um, I came to realize that, you know, my strength lay more on the business front as opposed to the sciences. And um, I mean, natural to say, you know, the, the, the doctor path is like the, the usual, the good path that, you know, you would kind of pursue within the family, especially like an Indian, traditional South Indian family, doctors, engineers, lawyers, or accountants at best. Um, <laughs> but those are the traditional paths you would consider. But I felt like, you know, it wasn't for me anymore. It just wasn't an area that piqued my interest as such. And my idea at the end of the day is to create an impact in the community, either in education, employment, or healthcare. So you don't necessarily need to be a doctor to be able to make an impact in healthcare. Mm -hmm. You could have, you what you need are the necessary skills to be able to build something from scratch, operationalize it, and then scale it. So for that, a business degree just made more sense to me. Um, so I ended up, pursuing business instead. And I was actually the first person to pursue business in my family on my mom's side. My dad's side is a little more experienced with it. So like my dad, the family on that end, mostly come from a business slash economics background. But on my mom's side, I was the first one to kind of just say, nope, not not going down this path. Uh, so, gonna do. I was just gonna ask you, was this a very popular decision in your family? I, it doesn't sound like it was. It, so actually they were very supportive. Like they were, they good. were surprisingly okay with it. So, what, but what I did was like, I made this whole decision matrix and sat them down in the living room. Like, so these are the pros and cons. These are, the, this is why I think this is a better opportunity for me. And they understood. They, they said, look, whatever you want to do, just make sure you're the best at it. So as long as you don't have any regrets and you think this is a fruitful path down the line, go and pursue what you want to pursue. Don't do something that you don't like. And uh, so that's how I kind of got into business instead of medicine. And then three years later, you know, my idea or my plan at least was to kind of pursue a career with a big four. Yeah. Um, and I was actually offered a job at a big four uh, for tax and consulting in the UK. But um, it was it was exciting it was, I was, I was just happy that I was able to get through all those rounds. I mean, there were like yeah. five rounds. It was insane. And you're competing against some of the best graduates from the best schools, you know, and I, so my, my university is good, but I wouldn't say like, you know, it's, 
it's not an Oxford or a Cambridge, but yeah. it's, a, it's a good school. Um, and so to be able to get through those five rounds was, it felt great. Um, but it had reached a point where while I was going through these rounds, I had this idea at the back of my head as well. And so I spoke to my dad about it, who's also an entrepreneur. Um, and he said, you know, why don't you lay out a budget, a financial model, see if it's viable, start speaking to some people. And if it's something that interests you or, you know, you think it's something you can pursue, then give it a go. So I, I was doing that concurrently. And uh, the day I got my offer, actually, was the day I also received uh, an interest in investment. So I decided to pursue Zoezy instead of. I want to interrupt you a little bit in your story to ask you kind of to delve a little bit more about your kind of decision in the university times, um, especially because many of our viewers, um, including myself, I, I faced this challenge of trying to explain to my parents um, about why I, I wanted to go out to study a, you know, a natural science of mathematics without any like connection to what the real world, what the economics of it would mean. Um, and it was tough. It was tough for my parents to even support me because there's an extended family who was like, so what is the bear going to do? Is he going to become a doctor or an engineer? Um, <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit because it's it's something we hear so often. And unfortunately, many of our listeners maybe today um, and a lot of the Xenos community face this challenge where their parents think that they know better for them. And like, I want to really clarify that parents do have some incredible wisdom and we, we're so indebted to them for so much thing, so much they give us. But how can we maybe like explain ourselves a bit better or pursue the path that we want to aligning with our parents. What, what, what's the kind of thought process there? So I'll be, so honestly, I'm, I'm very lucky to have very supportive parents. I'll be mm. like, you know, sometimes I know not everyone has that or gets that mm. sometimes the, you know, their parents love them like anything, but it, it so happens to be you have these traditional career paths that you want to pursue. And usually sometimes that comes across as the safer option. You know, it's risk-free. Right. You don't, um, you, you know that there's a clear career path ahead for you. Um, in my case, like I said, I wanted to be a doctor for a long time. Uh, and my parents, my grandparents especially were over the moon. Like my grandma mm -hmm. always wanted a doctor in the family, you know, yeah. um, but as I came to realize that one, it's not an area of strength. Two, it's not an area of passion. I was very passionate about biology, don't get me wrong, but chemistry and physics were just like a big no-no for me. <laughs> I couldn't handle that. Um, especially like higher level IB chemistry, just no, <laughs> I couldn't handle it. Um, so it's about communicating where your strengths lie with mm. your parents at the end of the day. If you see that your strength lies in a specific area and your vision lies in a specific area, even if you try to pursue another career path, you're not going to be happy at the end of it. And you don't even know if you're going to be able to perform to your best level if it's a subject that doesn't really resonate with you. And that's what mm -hmm. I communicated to my parents. I, like I said, I, I drew out an entire decision matrix. My dad was very happy because my grandfather <laughs> used to do things like this. So he was like, this is excellent. Great. Okay. Take us through your pros and cons. And um, like I explained the entire situation to them. I told them that, you know, the likelihood of me doing better in business is much higher as opposed to, you know, getting a medical, like going into medicine, because at mm -hmm. the end of the day, this is, this is my goal. This is what I want to pursue. And there are 
enough career prospects out there for a business graduate as well. It's not like, you know, it's a dead end once you take business. And depending on the course that you do and the kind of credits that you can get with that as well, your opportunities get higher. At the end of the day, it depends on you as a person. You will make the difference. It's not your degree. It is you. And what you can put out there is putting your best foot forward. So if you can convince your parents of that, then I think they'll they'll come on board. It'll be difficult, but they'll come on board. They're understanding they love you at the end of the day. So Yeah. That's a really good one. Um it's you who makes a difference, not your degree. And it's it's so so true. I've seen it so often. Um just getting out of uni and seeing the different paths my friends have taken. Um and it's it's some of them are so related to their degree, some of them are just so different. And they're all making a difference. And you know, it's it's very it's almost like a degree is almost like nowadays at least it's it's almost like a toolkit you know you're learning a set of skills you're learning a um, a certain frame of, of thought process you know you're, you're learning all these kind of ways to approach a problem and right. and it's it's like you do what you want to do with this kind of set of skills and you, you you're contextualizing it with different names you know you can call it business you can call it um you know a degree in chemistry you can call it a degree in whatever and you're still learning the same core skill sets and what you do it with it is is what makes a difference so maybe that's the, the next question for you um what made it uh like even even within business you know there's so many incredible opportunities out there you know you can easily have made a kind of a, a startup kind of million dollar business where you know you're all you're thinking about growth metrics and numbers and hitting those revenue targets um what made you think about social impact what where where did that stem from so like i said i've always wanted to do something that that contributes to society in some way, gives back into society in some way. And I'm a person that likes to interact with people from different backgrounds, different walks of life. So it was kind of identifying that problem and seeing the kind of struggle that people go, go through, you know, why not try to come up with a solution that can a impact the community, but it can also help you generate revenue. So you're essentially creating a social enterprise where you can generate returns sustainably. And um, honestly, yes, five years ago, maybe uh, startups were very startups. They are still very like growth driven, revenue driven. You know, it's about the scalability, replicating those business models in different parts of the world. But, you know, there is a lot more awareness in the community now as well. People are starting to bring in those CSR elements. People are starting to look at how we can also end up creating an impact in the community versus just generating a profit, you know, and uh, the mindset of people has changed quite significantly, even like investor, even when you speak to investors, for example, they, there are investors out there who will focus on the social impact metrics as well. I mean, Lee 2030 is a clear example of that, right? They have created a fund to accelerate, to accelerate people who are contributing to the SDGs. Five years ago, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, necessarily or traditionally have come across a fund like that unless it was started by the CSR program of a company. Um, So for me, I always Mm -hmm. believe that, you know, you need to create an impact in some way as opposed to just focusing on revenue targets. Revenue is important, though. Don't get me wrong. Like you, you have to survive as a company at the end of the day. The only way you keep going is if you generate revenues, just make sure that you generate those revenues sustainably. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, talking about Lead 2030, that's part of the reason why you're here today is because you're one young world ambassador and that's how we got connected. 
um, although we never met in an actual summit, you know, you weren't part of the London one and I was, that was my first one. So um, how has that helped you kind of become a kind of a young change maker? I, I'm sure that you're, you're the winner of League 2030. So that must have supported you in your mission quite a lot as well. No, definitely. Uh, and I was actually at the London one. I just, I guess we just never uh, bumped into each oh, other sorry. over there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was at, I was at the 2018 and the 2019 one. So, um, okay. I think honestly, Wondering World made a huge difference. Really, like it put you out. So the, so my first Wondering World conference that I went to was actually in 2018. It was in The Hague, um, and I mm -hmm. went as a Dutch Ministry of Foreign Affairs scholar, so the Enterprise for Peace ambassadors, yeah. and um, I also was given the chance to speak. And that actually made a huge difference because you were able to kind of, you're able to put your idea and the impact that you're trying to create on a global platform where mm. people from across the world then start reaching out to you to kind of yeah. see how we can work together and help drive this forward. Um, and then in addition, and because that happened, that started opening up doors in different areas. And we were able to kind of establish the right associations and the right partnerships to be able to scale up our impact. And then, you know, One Young World themselves have a ton of opportunities for their ambassadors, right? And one such opportunity was the Lee 2030 program. And, you know, I mean, I never expected that I would win Lee 2030. Like, I just thought that, let me put in an application for the, for quality education and because Deloitte and Credit Suisse are both amazing partners to have. And so that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to kind of connect with them because of the mentorship they'd be able to provide. And that's exactly what happened when we won Credit Suisse's quality education challenge, because it's not just about the funding that you get to accelerate your business, but it's also the kind of support, the support system that you get from Credit Suisse as a whole. And it wasn't yeah. just one specific department of Credit Suisse that was speaking to me. You know, I was being connected to people across the globe. So it was people in Switzerland. It was people in the UAE, the Middle East. It was people in the UK. And they all focus in different departments depending on um, the areas that you're struggling with. Like, for example, technology was a big challenge for me. I really had no idea how to go about the tech side of things because I'm not a tech person. I don't come from that background, you know, and uh, I mentioned this to my coordinators and mentors at Credit Suisse, and they immediately con connected me to their tech head. I mean, without that connection, you would never be able to reach out to the technology head of Credit Suisse. <laughs> Multinational organization. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, the advice that he had given was unbelievable. Like the kind of exposure and mentorship you get through that program in mm. itself opens up a lot of doors for you. Talking about opening up doors, um, obviously, you've, you're like an, a stellar example, right? You, you, as again, kind of repeating my community's messages, you know, they're, they're like super impressed by all your achievements and awards. Um, but like, when you when you explain your story, you, you've, you've shown it off almost as, as something that any of us could do. But there's there's obviously this kind of spirit. Um, and this drive that you have. Uh, the way you go out to speak to people, the way you kind of knock on other people's doors. And yes, One Young World puts you in front of a lot of people, but then you're the one who's actually speaking, right? You're the one who's going and then saying to some multinational corporation that I want to speak to your head of department. How the hell do you get that confidence? How do you move in and speak with with that kind of passion and, and 
without the kind of the embarrassment of, oh, what are they going to think? It's the head of technology. It's of the biggest organization, one of the one biggest organizations. How am I going to be presenting myself? Honestly, what's, just think of it this way. What's the worst that can happen? They'll say no. That's it. But you haven't lost anything in the process. You know, there, there's a saying in, uh, in Telugu, in my language, um, where if you throw a rope to a mountain, mm -hmm. if you pull, either you get the mountain or you end up losing the rope. That's it. So if you pull, yeah. you either get the mountain. Yeah. If, you, if you lose out, if you, if you lose the rope, all you've lost is a rope. That's it. So don't, you know, just don't think of those inhibitions. The, what's, the, like, what's the worst that can happen? They say, I don't have time for you. Okay, no problem. Keep their contact details. Keep them posted on how things are going. You know, keep sending those emails. And then they themselves will say, okay, this is interesting. You've grown, grown quite a bit since the last time I spoke to you. Why don't we have a chat now? So it's all about essentially networking with people at the right time and just don't be afraid to hear a no. Honestly, from 2017 to probably the end of 2018, I just heard no's consistently, but it didn't, it didn't face me. Like there, there were points where I'm like, okay, you know, am I doing this right? Is, is, am I heading in the right direction? What, what's going on? But then one yes, like one young world's one yes, changed the entire ball game. So it's, it's all about finding the right, it's all about finding that one door that can open up multiple doors for you. Forbes and One Young World were two entities that were able to do that. Wow. Um, I just literally scrolling through LinkedIn today, I saw a, a post which said, I love no's because after 99 no's, you get a yes. And it's obviously like just that's a very, you know, a fictional kind of way of framing it. But it, it makes a lot of sense because every time you get a no, it's just kind of redirecting you saying, okay, that door isn't actually meant for you, you know, you need to be going that way. So universe exactly. in the right direction. Um, What's the worst that can happen? That's yeah. just, just think of it that way. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and I think one of the biggest things is that what you're talking about is, is something so much bigger than you. It's not about uh, you getting a new job or you finding yourself a, 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 trying to find a car or something like that. It's about you trying to help other people. And that, that's an incredible power that, you know, it just comes from within you. Definitely. So let's talk a little bit about, before we kind of wrap this all up, um, about all the other interests that you have. So how does that kind of build into your life? Um, were there, so you, you, I think a world challenger and you went to Tanzania to build and help teach there. You, you're, and you, you pursue a lot of sports. You're a marathon runner. Yay. Um, you're a swimmer, <laughs> you're, you're, you're a singer. Um, all these things, how do they contribute to you as a human being? So honestly, those were all inculcated when I was in high school. So World Challenge, for example, I went when I was 16, I think. Oh, wow. I, was, I was like 16 years old when I, when I went on World Challenge, but that trip completely changed my life. Like the, the new perspectives that you come back with, it mm -hmm. was, I mean, you're not, so it was essentially three weeks of sleeping in a tent. And then, you know, having to uh, having to manage yourself over there. So you're having to budget yourself. You're having to cook for yourself. You're mm. having to organize the entire trip on the ground over there. And we helped. So we went to a school to help rebuild part of it and teach. And then we went climbing up Mount Meru, which was incredible. Like the over the overall thing was the entire experience was just absolutely amazing. And that, that was like my first real life, you know, I, I did travel alone by myself before, but that was the first time that I was away from like parental support. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have to do everything by yourself. You're not allowed to. Yeah, exactly. You're not allowed to speak to them. They're not allowed to call you. You just have to go about your life. First time away, first time having to manage things on your own and just kind of go about life independently, I suppose. Mm. Um, But honestly, at this point, though, like this point of time, the company has become everything. And that's not necessarily healthy. So definitely promoting work-life balance. That's really important <laughs> because if you don't have time for yourself, sometimes it just, you know, your, your mind gets completely exhausted. So you yeah. do need to just take that time off for yourself and just make sure that you're in a good space, that you're still connected to your friends in different parts of the world and just keep, just keep at it. So yeah. make sure you have a good work-life balance. So talking about advice um, to wrap this up, I'd love to hear, what do you think about like what some of our you know, young students should be thinking about when they are not just pursuing the university degree, but even before that? So you were doing this at, at 16, you know, you were opening your perspective up and looking at the different opportunities that the world provided for you at such a young age. What could we be thinking about and looking at and considering we're in, in a pretty tough time in terms of the pandemic and, and having stuff not as easily accessible as it used to be? Um, right. What's open there for us? Um, I would definitely say create a constant culture of learning about you. And what I mean by learning is not like the traditional studying side of things. But, you know, for example, like when the pandemic had started initially, edX was offering these amazing courses in relation to different areas. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And these are some skills that I myself have never picked up. And so, you know, Give, give things like that a whirl, you know, try to try to expand your horizons, look at different skills that you can explore, read, reading is like the best thing that can happen to you. So keep reading and keep reading about different things. It's not just like specific areas or specific areas of focus that you need to focus on. But um, it's about kind of looking at books in relation to, I don't know, say, uh, a healthy a healthy uh, mindset and a healthy living as well. Things like that, that can just open up your perspective in general and that can give you a good work-life balance. Um, Try to meet more people. If you can't meet more people, connect online, get on these webinars, try try to network even if it's online because your network is everything at the end of the day. Even at a young age, if you start that and you start to build that network, then you're gonna have a good support system with you in the future because that's everything Mm. honestly Uh, so far like all this progress that has happened is because of the connections that we've established without that you know you you can't really progress and you can't really scale so that's another main thing i would say keep interacting even if you're an introvert i completely get that like i i need my downtime and i need my space but it's always good to kind of go and just meet with people and energize a little bit just so that you can continue to build your network and build meaningful relationships. Yeah. Incredible. Thank you so much, Pandana. It was amazing having you and hearing your incredible story. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And sorry about that. I wasn't sure like where the connection was disrupted. So it's all good. We're good. Thank you. Um, And thank you to all our listeners who are live. Again, you can always join us on discord to check out our next guest, their bio, um, ask them your questions. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with Zeno, so check us out on our website as well. So until next week, bye-bye.
Thank you. Bye. And that's another episode of the Tomato Tommy. If you'd like to ask your questions and join us live next week, join the Xenos Discord server. The invite link is in the description. And to learn more about Xenos and how a bunch of students are on a mission of making quality education accessible to all, go to xenos.org. Bye for now.